0: Namo Myoho Renge Kyo, Namo Myoho Renge Kyo, Namo Renge Kyo. Hi, friends. How are you? I hope you're in good health and uh, secure the, this day. Um, we're going to continue with uh, Quantum Light Buddhism Threefold Lotus Dharma Sutra. Uh, my own effort at translating clearly um, or... Retranscribing translations, correcting, tra- annotated, revised and annotated. That's the purpose of, of this book. Also, uh, you I don't have it here, but you've seen the larger version, more like a workbook. It's about eight by eleven, eight and a half by eleven. It's an A size, so it's not. Anyway, same book, just different format. Um, this is easier for me to hold and read than that big old book. And we're in the midst of the uh, introductory chapter of the Lotus Sutra proper. And we left off with uh, Bodhisattva Virtue Treasury uh, becoming the next Buddha, and his name will be Pure Body Tathagata, Well Gone Samyak Sambodhi. Yeah. So here we go. The Buddha, having predicted him at midnight, entered the Nirvana of No Remains. Pari Nirvana, right? After the Buddha's extinction, the Bodhisattva a priori light, having retained in memory the Sutra of the Lotus Dharma, Sutra of the Wonderful Law, hmm, says Sutra twice. So I need to check that out. Still revising uh, this copy uh, uh, available, of course. Um, as an ebook, actually this format's only available as a hardback, uh, hardcover, uh, printed book, but, uh, the other version is available as an ebook, same exact thing. So if you do get that one now, you can follow along and it's generally pretty good. Um, it's just going to have these little, little quirks here and there. And I am, as I read it, I'm proofreading it with you. So that uh, by the time I'm done with this, it should be thoroughly cleared up. Yeah? All right. Uh, expounded it for men during the fully 80 minor kalpas. All the eight sons of the Buddha, Sun, Moon, Light, took a priori light as their teacher. A priori light taught and influenced them to be firm in aspiration for perfect and complete enlightenment. All these princes paid homage to the innumerable hundreds, thousands, myriad codas of Buddhas, and accomplished the Buddha way. The last to become a Buddha was named Burning Light. So, what's the importance of that paragraph? What does that mean? I didn't annotate that in here, but uh, just as a topic for discussion, uh, perhaps I should add it um the idea that this previous personage of long long ago of a bodhisattva that turned into the uh, after the buddha's extinction the bodhisattva a priori light having attained uh, retained in memory this entire teaching see this is uh shakyamuni's method of of teaching yes he destroys the idea of time as a linear thing, while at the same time, ha, 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 indicating that this teaching, that he's now about to teach, because he hasn't taught it yet, is a truth, and that that truth has always been. See, this is the, I, I'd call it almost like a, a mental dance of the, Teachings of Shakyamuni, all of them, certainly apparent in this ultimate teaching of the Lotus Sutra. The point he's constantly making is that he's not introducing something new. What he is introducing is a method for us Saha world physical beings to use our amazing emergent property of a sentient mind to observe, to immerse ourselves in and experience the the very engine of life, the engine of the cosmos, the engine... You know, those of you who, who grew up with the science talking about the Big Bang and great expansion and how the universe came to be, understand that 2,700 years ago, approximately, this man, Shakyamuni, saw clearly the way all phenomena come into being, constantly change and dissolve as a process of the entire thing, including from an ant to a quasar to the entirety of the universe. The only scientist as far as I know, that has come it, close to that understanding is Roger Penrose with his uh, CCC, his conformal, cyclical, conformal cosmology. The universe just continuously recycling itself. It is just as moment to moment to moment, recycling itself, the cycle of birth, death, rebirth, death, rebirth, death, rebirth, death, rebirth, death, rebirth, death. Rebirth, death On a cosmic scale, and I don't mean that psychedelically, I mean universal size, the size of the universe, we are moment-to-moment instantiations. And we're constantly in momentum. Nothing is static, nothing. That's an illusion. Hmm? Certainly, if you know any science at all, that much you should know. Nothing stands still. Right? Einstein t- taught us that even uh, light or time or any of those concepts, light is an actual thing, time is a concept, but everything is relative. In other words, from the standpoint of the viewer, which you and I are, things may appear to be standing still, but when you understand that what appears to be standing still along with you and the environment that you're in is careening through what? Space? You can't have time without space. You can't have space without time. So, space-time, yeah? But it's all ephemeral, ultimately, because without your perceiving it, it's like if the tree falls in the woods... Does it make a noise if nobody's there to hear it? And you can say, oh, well, of course it makes a noise, but if there's no one here, there to hear it, is the noise even... Does it... Is it causal? Does it make a difference? Right? It's, it's a more complex question than it appears on the surface. Anyway... All of that is to say, this, this memory of this personage of the Dharma isn't an actual person going through eons of time teaching all these unfathomable, unfathomable numbers of people. It is a truth that exists. That's what this means hmm? throughout time. He had 800 disciples, one of whom was named Fame Seeker. This one was greedily attached to the development of gain, right, ego. And though he read and recited many sutras repeatedly, none of them penetrated and stuck, for he forgot and lost almost all of them. He was talented at reading them and talking about them. But, you know, a year later, he was on to the next thing that made him popular or known. So he was named Fame Seeker. This man also, because he had planted many roots of goodness, I mean, he was spreading knowledge. So he gets credit for that, but his motives are questionable, right? Right? was able to meet innumerable hundreds of thousands of myriads of kodas of Buddhas, whom he revered and venerated, there's another one, honored and extolled. Where's that? I'm going to have to do a global search for that. Now, I do have an annotation here. We often read the words of, quote, homage or meeting with unfathomable and innumerable myriads of Buddhas. Yeah? As accomplishments of bodhisattva and others, it is useful to recall that in the form of these stories is the assumption of innate or inherent Buddha ness, right, or Buddha nature, in all living beings. And as such, all living beings have the potential to manifest their Buddha ness. Since this group of words is always in the service of accomplishments toward enlightenment, It should be understood that the homage or meeting or conversation is directed toward all those whom have come into contact with the person under discussion and those influenced through those associations. Wow, there's more typos today than normal. So what does that mean? I have to interpret my own annotation. (laughs) I might look at that again, too. The, The point being that when you have conversations or influence or listen or pay homage to many, many Buddhas, it's you and I. It's other people, whether they're Buddhist or not sentient minds have the capacity to be aware of the engine of life. That is Buddha. It's there. It just needs to be awakened and trained into being in our Saha consciousness. Yeah? So that's what that means. It doesn't mean that there's a bunch of, tubby little bald guys sitting on lotus flowers that you meet all over the world those tubby little bald guys which is a terrible representation by the way of uh, (laughs) Shakyamuni. Muni they are personages once again of a capacity we all have all humans have right all sentient minds boy this collar is going to give me fits today okay let's get normal All right, so we continue. No, no, Mayatreya. The Bodhisattva, a priori light of that time, was it some other person? No, it was I, Manjushri. You see, he's talking about himself as a potential being throughout time just as you and I are. That's tricky, isn't it? That potential being that you are, that I am, is Buddha-ness. We'll talk about that more. I know that can be a bit of a melon bender, yeah? So this uh, greedy for fame seeker, Manjushri, is agreeing that his previous endeavors have been ruled by pride his ego hmm while the bodhisattva fame seeker was you yourself maitreya sorry i got that wrong by one right maitreya he's accusing of being a little self obsessed even though he's a great bodhisattva he is driven by a little bit of ego, a little bit of pride. Not necessarily arrogance, just pride, attachment to self. Hmm? And uh, Manjushri is saying that he was, uh, or is, uh, in this story, uh, the, the uh, Bodhisattva a priori light. Yeah. Therefore I consider that the present Tathagata will teach the great vehicle sutra called the Lotus Dharma Sutra of the wonderful law by which bodhisattvas are instructed and which buddhas watch over and keep in mind. And that's basically our practice, isn't it? Our buddha nature watches over and keeps in mind Milhodinggejo. It's it's I tell you all the time not to read this literally, but if you understand the meaning, it is quite literal if you understand the meaning. All right. Then Manjushri in the great assembly, desiring to announce this meaning over again, spoke thus in Gathas, in verse I remember a past age, infinite and numberless kalpas ago. I remember. Hmm? Let's do some time travel. There was a Buddha, the most honored of men, named Sun, Moon, Light, the Tathagata, Ness of the universe, right? Buddha has always been an essential part, three-part of the karma engine, right? From quiescence to through formation into the realms of form. That is the cosmos, that is you and I. That world-honored one taught the law to save innumerable creatures and countless codas of bodhisattvas and caused them to enter Buddha wisdom. Before that Buddha left his home, the eight princes born to him, having seen the great sage leave his home, also followed him and practiced the noble life. In other words, this enlightenment, this awakening, has always been around. Human beings have always sought out, to varying degrees, betterness, improvement, accomplishment. Hmm? Isn't that a fundamental human trait? When I taught martial arts, I identified it as creativity. I disagreed with uh, uh, Nietzsche. I said, "Man is not a will to power. Doesn't is not what drives mankind? Certainly, appears that way, but it's not a will to power itself. It's a will to create, and that can seem quite powerful. It can seem quite egotistical, but it's the creativity we're after, not necessarily power dynamics." We're just hungry to discover. And the biggest thing we're hungry to discover is ourselves. Guess what? That is the samseric engine. That is the samseric mind. A creative mind. Then that Buddha taught the great vehicle, the sutra called innumerable meanings. Innumerable because each and every one of those sentient minds, you and I, and everyone we know, has their own path. Similar, dissimilar, exactly the same, not exactly the same. We all have our own mechanisms, our own karmic tendencies, and conditions, yeah? Amongst the hosts of living beings, and in detail defined it for them. When the Buddha had taught this sutra, he then, on the seat of the law, sat cross-legged in the contemplation termed the station of innumerable meanings the sky rained Mandarabas flowers while the heavenly drums sounded of themselves. Universal realms of influence, dragons and spirits revered the most honored of men. All of the Buddha lands at that moment trembled greatly. The rays sent forth from the Buddha's bow, brows revealed unprecedented wonders. The Renge, the aha moment. Hmm? This ray illuminating the eastern quarter of 18,000 Buddha lands showed everywhere all living beings and creatures in the state of their mortal karmas. Some of the Buddha lands were seen adorned with every precious thing, many hued with lapis lazuli and crystal from the shining of the Buddha's ray. The Buddha's ray being your own insight, yeah? Remember, Buddha is that mindful presence of the engine of life, your perception, your knowing of the engine of life. Besides, I saw universal realms of influence, men, dragons, spirits, and yakshas, so on and so forth, each of them revering that Buddha or as a function of that Buddha. Hmm? further i saw tathagatas who of themselves had accomplished the buddha way their appearance like mountains of gold very wonderful in their majesty so you've heard me talk about the tathagatas as universal buddhaness so when the tathagatas who of themselves accomplished the buddha way they are manifest that buddhaness manifest in sentient beings It goes further than that, but that's all we need to know for now. As within pure lapis lazuli, a, re- a real golden image is made apparent. So the world-honored one in the great assembly expounded the meaning of the profound law. Right? buddha exists, but it's not made apparent until it manifests in the sentient mind. In each of the Buddha lands were shravakas innumerable. By the shining of the Buddha's ray, their their great host was completely visible. Besides, there were the bhikshus, who, having dwelt in the mountain forests, had zealously advanced and kept the pure comportments, as if they were protecting bright jewels. And I also saw bodhisattvas who practiced donations and perseverance as the sands of the Ganges in number by the radiance of the Buddha's ray. With these insights, I could see this occurring. Hmm? I saw also bodhisattvas who entering into deep meditations were at rest, motionless in body and mind, seeking the supreme way. Now, when it says... Rest in body and mind. Does that mean a mind that's just... Uh, right? Like the snow on a television set or a, a hum of a radio that's not tuned into any frequency. An empty mind? No. A mind at rest is not an empty mind. A mind at rest is a mind... Focused deeply on the one thing, the engine of life. And that is an incredibly active thing. So don't be fooled. Hmm? Again, I saw bodhisattvas who, knowing the nirvana nature of the law, each in his own domain, taught the law and sought the Buddha way. Thereupon, all the four groups, seeing the Buddha sun-moonlight, display great natural supernatural powers with joy in all their minds, each asked one of another, For what reason are these things? Why are we seeing all of this? He who is honored by universal realms of influence in men soon rose from his contemplation, thus extolling the Bodhisattva a priori light, You are the eye of the world to whom all turn in resolve, able to keep the treasury of the law such a law as I teach. You alone are able to bear, bear it witness. the world honored one having thus praised him and caused a priori light to rejoice then taught this law flower dharma sutra during full 60 minor kalpas never rising from his seat the supreme and wonderful law so taught this a priori light teacher of the law was wholly able to receive and retain. When the Buddha had taught this law flower and caused all of them to rejoice, then he, on the very day, proclaimed to the host of the universal realms and influence and men, the truth of the reality of all existence has just been taught for all of you. I now, at midnight, must enter into Pirinavana. Do you, with all your mind, advance zealously and depart from all slackness? Will you now stop being lazy and focus your mind on Buddha-ness, on Buddha, your realization, experience of on mind, Buddha, Well, you open your Buddha eye. Buddhas are very rarely encountered. In other words, humans fully realized of Buddhaness are rarely encountered. Even today, as many of us who practice, there is a limited number of us. That's why it's so important that we course amongst others that even if it's just our influence by radiating our life condition, we must be among, amongst others. Bodhisattvas. Hmm? In Kodas of Kalpas, but one is met. The sons of the world honored one, hearing that the Buddha was entering nirvana, or pardon nirvana, everyone felt grieved and distressed. Attachment, yeah? I mean, yeah, this great teacher is rare to meet and it's sad that he's leaving but there's the, the reason he's leaving is because of the problem that if he sticks around, people will get lazy. Well you know if you want to know what Buddhaness is, uh, go talk to Bob he'll radiate you with light and you'll get it. Like like he's handing out Buddhaness. No Buddhaness is self self-realization. It has to be done by you that we're such lazy creatures, right? Well, you've done it. tell me what it is. Give it to me. So he has to he has to disappear. He has to make them believe that with him a human Buddhaness also goes away. Therefore you will seek it out. Do you see? Skillful means. "'How sudden is the Buddha's extinction!' exclamation mark. "'The revered Lord, the King of the law, comforted but the countless multitude, "'even when I am extinct, be you not sad and afraid?' "'This bodhisattva virtue treasury in the realization of faultlessness "'has gained complete understanding.' He will become the next Buddha, whose name will be called Pure Body. Right? Rely on him. But develop yourself. He too will save innumerable creatures. We're creatures, by the way. (laughs) That night, the Buddha became extinct. As when firewood is finished, the fire dies out. His relics were distributed and innumerable stupas were erected. But this is all just functional attachment, samsaric, the Saha world method of understanding the cosmos, yeah? Bhikshus and Bhikshunis, numerous as the sands of the Ganges, doubled their zealous advance, seeking the supreme way. Good! That's what he was trying to achieve, get people motivated to discover Buddha for themselves. This a priori light, teacher of the law, having kept the treasury of the law during 80 minor kalpas, widely proclaimed the Law Flower Dharma Sutra. All these eight princes, converted by a priori light bodhisattva, kept firmly the supreme way and would see countless Buddhas because when they were amongst others, they would see directly into their Buddha natures, even though they themselves had not awakened it in their consciousness. Mm. But it's their ninth consciousness, so they simply need to activate it. Mm. Having revered the Buddhas and followed them, walking the great way, in succession they could become Buddhas, and one by one they were foretold. The last, the Universal Realms of Influence, was called the Buddha Burning Light. He, the leader of all the sages, emancipated innumerable living beings. This A priori Light, teacher of the law, at that time had a pupil who was always of a lazy spirit. Greedily attached to fame and gain, tireless in seeking fame and gain, addicted to enjoying Enjoyment in noble families, privileged, casting aside that which he had learned, forgetting everything, and dull of apprehension, who because of these things was called fame-seeker. He also, by practicing good works, was enabled to see numberless Buddhas. What a contradiction, yeah? Also, to pay homage to Buddhas and to follow them, walking the great way, perfecting the six paramitas, and now has seen Shakya, the lion, Shakyamuni. He will afterwards become a Buddha and will be named Mayatreya, who shall be uh, widely saved uh, living creatures, countless in number. He who, after the extinction of the other Buddha, was the slothful one? Was yourself, and an a prior and the a priori light teacher of the law? Was I myself, who now am here, having seen the Buddha of Light of long ago, send forth a like, this auspicious ray. I therefore know that the present Buddha desires to teach the Law Flower Dharma Sutra. The present sign is like the former auspices. It is the tactful method of Buddhas. Now the Buddha sends forth a ray to help reveal the truth of reality. There's the truth. That truth I was talking about earlier. The truth of what? Of reality. Of the engine of life. Be aware, all of you. Fold your hands and with your mind await. The Buddha will pour the rain of the law to satisfy those who seek the way. If those who seek after the three vehicles have any doubts or regrets, the Buddha will rid them of them, so that none whatever shall remain. And that's the introductory to the remainder of the sutra. I think it's important, though. Take note. We've read this enough times. The Buddha will pour the rain of the law to satisfy those who seek the way. Is that not what we do when we chant Namu Myoho Renge Kyo to our mandala, focus our minds away from the monkeys, samsara, to open our Buddha mind, which, when our... Gohan's mind opens the Buddha eye will pour the rain of the law. Right? That opening of the Buddha eye isn't like, oh, good morning, there's light coming in. No. When he open that Buddha eye, there's a flood of understanding, of perception, of experience. It, will, it, it may knock the wind out of you. It may make you cry. You will sense something you have never sensed before. And it will happen every time you fully connect, fuse with your gohonzon mind. Because the, the Buddha eye doesn't open like this. The Buddha eye opens like this. Okay? All right. Next time we start chapter two Tactfulness, Expedient Means or Skillful Means, Expedient Devices. So now we're going to go into a section of the Lotus Sutra where he explains how he teaches and therefore how all of us should, in our own practice, learn to teach what we know, not learn to teach what somebody else knows. but learn how to teach from our own life experience. Very, very, very important. Okay. So that's it for today. Thank you. Thank you for being here, for listening. I truly, truly appreciate your participation. Um, And I have, I'm going to go back home and make the revisions that I I saw little errors in here. I'll globalize them, and then I'll upload them so that if you do get an e-version, an e-book, in the next few days, it will be as up-to-date as possible, right? In the meantime, please take care of your health, if for no other reason than to keep your practice strong. But I hope you have more reason than that, yes. and Rengeko. Take care of yourselves. The links are in the description if you want uh, more that like free podcasts, free uh, printable information on threefoldlotus.com, and there's a ton of it. Lots of common questions. People may ask you a question that you've not thought of yourself. Go to threefoldlotus.com, look at the list of uh, titles, and you're oh, that's what he's asking me about, or she wants to know about this. Check it out. There's... Most likely a PDF there or, or JPEG images, uh, little presentations, um, what do they call PowerPoint-type things. I use LibreOffice, so it's not PowerPoint. But at any rate, they end up being JPEGs. Cheat sheets, I used to call them. Yeah, So that you can have the basic concepts at hand and be able to answer. Uh, somebody just asked me recently about the 3000 realms, and uh, they're not alone in this. This was, in fact, this was kind of the way... It was left with people because not many schools of thought delve into the 3,000 realms. They just mention it. It's important, but it's too complex, right? I have a ton of videos about the origin of light, the 3,000 realms, all of that. Um, And so I have lots of links to documents and so forth on uh, threefoldlaws.com about 3,000 realms. But here's the thing. People know the 3,000 realms is a concept built of the 10 worlds, the 10 realms, right? And the 10 within the 10. And then the 10 factors of each and everything that is represented by the realms. And then they get to this 1,000, and then it falls apart. Most people, I would gander because this is the way I heard it, would assume the three, the multiplier of three, is past, present, and future. But if you've been listening along to almost all of my videos, you would know that past, present, and future are an illusion. So how could the 3,000 realms be based on past, present, and future? See, there's, there's a problem there. And the fact of the matter is, if you go back and read anything from Nichiren or Tendai, the 3,000 realms are, yes, the 10, within the 10, plus the 10 factors. But the three are the realms of existence, not past, present, and future. And if you research the realms of existence, ah, that's a whole nother thing, with multipliers of its own. And I have a chart and a document, both on this Available free, of course, on threefoldlos.com. The chart says it, right? The five skandhas, the realm of the universe, environment. Read about it. It's fascinating. It will give you a completely different notion of the profundity of the 3,000 realms. And how it relates to our moment-to-moment experience of life. So, yeah, use the resource. Use the hell out of it. Answer your questions, doubts, right? That's how we make our practice strong. All right, I'm done. I'll see you in the next one. Bye for now.